0: Just jump. It's Jermaine Defoe. Oh my goodness me! What a goal! And it's Defoe to win it surely for Sunderland. It's Defoe. And it reaches Toivonen again, and now Defoe. He seals it. Defoe allowed to turn and score. From Kirkhoff. This could break for Jermaine Defoe and Sunderland have scored. Only up in the air from Elliot. There's Defoe and it's in. Sunderland scored. Defoe's in the middle. Perfect
1: 2 0. Jermaine Defoe scores. Nearly took the net off. Always oh, away from Baba.
0: Only half clear. Defoe! 3 2.
1: Hello and welcome back to the What The Fork Sunderland Preview Show. A week is a long time in football and there's never been a more accurate statement to describe this week at the academy and the stadium alike. Lee Johnson is gone, Jermaine Defoe is home, but the weekend's mission remains exactly the same as ever. Three points and put pressure on the top two. And visiting us this weekend is an out of show, out of sorts even Doncaster Rovers, who themselves have seen a lot of changes since we last faced each other despite the fact it was only five weeks ago. And I'm sure you will know the guest who's coming on, returning guest, Doncaster fan, and into the Empty Net Doncaster site. Adam, how are you doing? Are you all right? Yeah, not bad, thank you. How are you? It's been a hot minute, hasn't
0: it? It has, (laughs)
1: very. I was listening back to our podcast yesterday, last night. (laughs) And it's like two different teams. (laughs) I know, it really is. We will get dug into it. I think, you know, as I was saying in the intro, both sides have had a heck of a lot of change um, since that game in the run up to Christmas, which was on Sky. I'm sure people remember it wasn't that long ago. But we'll start from the top. Obviously, we're speaking on Wednesday. You played out promotion rivals Rotherham last night. We hoped you would do us a favour. That didn't happen. <laughs> uh, got smashed 5 0. How was the performance?
0: Yeah, absolutely dreadful. One of the worst, I think, maybe in 20 years. And that is saying something, um, considering this season's kind of been full of those performances. Including against yourselves. I mean, I can't believe that game at home to Sunderland five weeks ago. It feels like five months, but I suppose it's a it's a long, long season for us. Uh, and obviously, there's been a lot of change um, with us as well as yourselves. Um, it, yeah, last night was was very much a low point. I think I think uh, not that I expected anything against Rotherham, but to uh, be absolutely bulldozed at home uh, by a team that's already won six nil against us at that ground in the um, in the Johns this season. Not good at all, and I don't really know. I don't really know how to articulate how just like hurtful it is at this point. It just—it's just hurtful um, what we're going through. And I think, I think this season, I kind of—I wish it were over. I wish this season were over. I, w- I wish that this time last year, or a bit later than, than this time last year, we are season last season. So it's been one terrible year. <laughs>
1: seen the—I the, think it was the first goal straight in from a corner. And it wasn't like one of those expert corners. It was like wind assisted, flies in top corner. When that kind of yeah. happens after 10 minutes, you start going, oh, bollocks, didn't you?
0: Yeah, well, indeed. Um, we d- I thought we did well to get to half time only 2 0 down, considering that start. But then, second half, uh, some absolutely calamitous goalkeeping led to the penalty for the third. I don't even really want to analyse it in any detail because it was just a shambles from start to finish all over the pitch, which is sadly what's happening most weeks for us. It really is. I I hope that some of these new signings we've made, because we've made eight, I hope that some of them um, make a difference as they get bedded in, but I don't know what difference you can really have when you're, I don't know, 11 or 12 points to drift to safety now and losing pretty much every week.
1: Obviously, we we keep in touch with each other outside of the preview shows, and I see what you post and stuff like that, and Last time I was speaking, Gary McSheffrey was obviously in caretaker charge. You were inches away from an appointment. We discussed at length the benefits of Paul Simpson, the benefits of, of Trollope. I think it was at the time, yeah. And no one really expected. I, I think people thought, well, McSheffrey, fair enough, but he's done nothing. And then, and then McSheffrey got appointed, and I, I can't fail to have noticed not just yours, but Doncaster fans feeling, shall we say, quite underwhelmed. Um, oh yeah, it's, it's hard to judge, and you're always going to give. Someone time, even if you're not agreeing with it. I think everyone's like that, and then you make the you make the decision. But I mean, I've looked at the form. How's the appointment looking in the early stages?
0: <laughs> well, it's looking like it, it shows. It's looking like uh, a guy who's out of his depth, sadly, um, and who's not the right appointment. I don't really. I will say it's not Gary McSheffrey's fault. I think he's a nice guy. I think he, <clears throat> I think he views football in a good way. Um, and I, th- I think he will be good for some of the players' development. He certainly had a good reputation with our uh, academy. Not that he'd been there all that long, but uh, you know he'd been in charge a little while and he'd done well with the academy. And that's fair enough. He seems like a good bloke, but it does feel like Rover's board, um, who are about the least popular people in the town at this point, um, it seems like they wanted to get somebody like Gary, who's nice and enthusiastic, which is the word that Gavin Bourbon, our CEO, used to justify him beating out 140 other applicants for the job um, because purely because Richie Wellens was the opposite of that. Because Richie Wellens was abrasive, moody, and generally, you know, seemingly anyway from the outside looking in, a very belligerent individual. I think the board were like, "Oh, well, we made a mistake getting someone like that in, so just get the opposite." And oh, look, he's already here. We've already got him, so let's just not waste time. Uh, although they did waste time, they wasted four weeks of everyone's time. Uh, just appointing Gary, I mean, we've won two games under him, which, I mean, he's nearly as many as Richie Wellens won uh, in charge, so it's hard to say. I I don't think it's really Gary's fault. I don't want to sit here and just slate Gary McSheffrey, but he's not, he doesn't look ready for the position, which is fine, because I'm not really sure he should be at two to three years into his coaching career. Um, He was still playing for us a couple of seasons ago, and I know you know, some players turn into managers straight away. But these days, more than ever, I think that's rare. And I think you've kind of got to cut your teeth and learn a multitude of things as a coach um, before becoming a a manager at a EFL club. And look, we'll see. I think he'll be here next season, even if we lose every game between now and then. And I don't really see the point, you know, you might have seen me say last night on Twitter, people going, sack McSheffrey. I mean, yeah, I I get that you're frustrated and it's obviously rubbish to watch the team get absolutely battered by your local rivals at home. It definitely is. But the manager is not going to change anything now. The manager is not going to fix what's going on at this club. I mean, I think we've proven that now between the last three managers. None of them have been able to do anything. So I think having a go at Gary McSheffrey would be unfair. I think the problems lie above him.
1: It seems that way, you know, look from the outside looking in. But again, it's... We're in the midst of trying to get a manager as well. And I think everyone's... Of the opinion that we want someone who's going to give a big lift, and look, I'm, I'm not putting Doncaster down here. Obviously, Sunderland are a bigger club historically, um, but Doncaster are not a small club far from it. And I don't think McSheffrey would have given me a lift if I was a Donny fan, and it seems that way. <laughs> and, and I think that's that's probably going to work against him. I mean, it's probably been if you're looking at former players that were respected when they played, South Shields have probably made a bigger appointment in Kevin Phillips. <laughs> Um, I could be proven wrong with that please do not record that if you're (laughs) listening Um, but you did have an impressive win you you picked up a clean sheet just a a fortnight ago and obviously MK Dons are one of the better football and sides in the league you won 1-0 I remember seeing your Twitter you you played well that day but outside of that obviously you've lost at Morecambe after being 3-0 up at half time I think it was and lost 4-3 that's right yeah Fleetwood, Cambridge, (laughs) Plymouth Rotherham fair enough hammered but you can put that to one side we were hammered off Rotherham as well have the performances improved since he's been confirmed as permanent?
0: No, no, they haven't really. I think there's been a that to a degree, I suppose, that there has. I was, you know, gonna come on here and say that our set pieces are looking a lot better in defence and attack, but last night set pieces <coughs> were a total shambles. So, you know, I don't think we've improved enough to say, great, you know, mcsheffery's doing things that Wellens weren't. I mean, it's a very low bar to clear to do better than Wellens. And the MK Don's game was a masterclass in defensive guts which is great it's the only time I've seen us apply that all season we still got battered as far as the game went we just managed to keep them out bit of luck at times as you need in these sort of games I mean I don't really know how we've done the double over Milton Keynes but I'm very glad that it's them that we've done it over <laughs> uh, that, that's, that's 40% of our league wins come against Milton Keynes so I'm, I'm glad of that but Realistically, you look at the Sunderland game where we were completely overrun from start to finish and it should have been more than three. You look at last night where it was 5-0 and probably should have been more, completely overrun. Uh, th- those kind of performances are not any better than under Wellens and the, the 3-0 to 4-3 defeat against Morecambe, is, that was the point where everyone said, well, we're going down. You know, We had Morecambe and Fleetwood at the start of the window, uh, Morecambe away, Fleetwood at home. Morecambe were 3-0 up at half-time against and We get no points from those two games, and after that, everyone just said, Well, we're relegated, then it doesn't matter now. And we, we lost out on some signings because of that. Um, at that point, you're just like, Well, there's no hope. We were 10 points adrift, I think, after the Fleetwood game. I think it's even more now, despite beating Milton Keynes. I mean, there's nothing for fans to be hopeful about, there's nothing to be pleased about, there's no bright spots. Don't you know, don't ask me who, who are who one player to watch is, if you're a Sunderland fan, because just don't bother. It's going to be 11 Cones, uh, wearing blue shirts what colors are awake it blue shirts so don't worry about that either because there's just i don't know what's going on really i hope in the summer that they have some idea of how to turn it round when we're in league 2 but right now this team would not beat many teams in league 2 i would say that quite quite strongly
1: <laughs> i mean you're comfortably adrift at the bottom um you never want to make a judgement on another team but doncaster historically League one promotion chasing team recently, championship. and um, definitely not a league two team. And it just looks, I mean, looking at the table, I've got to be honest, I've been there myself with Sunderland and the Premier League and obviously the championship four or five years ago. And it you just get that feeling, don't you? You just know when you know you know, and and it's gonna take one one hell of a shift for years to get out. I'm saying all this like you're gonna beat us one 0 now, but um <laughs> brought in a lot of plays in January, an awful lot. One, obviously, Sunderland fans will be interested in is Oli Younger. Um, didn't really get a look in at Sunderland. Played a game at right back last year. Played a few part with John's games. But I think, you know, in the main, what Sunderland fans saw, he looked, he looked quite steady. And I think there's probably a few Sunderland fans, probably more so Tom Flanagan. But we've sold Younger. We've sold Flanagan at Shrewsbury on transfer deadline day. And Alves has gone back. We're a little bit short. Defensively, and I think one of the younger off Flanagan staying probably more Flanagan for the experience would have been preferred to keep with something. But he, I seen he had a really, really good debut. Um, how has he performed in these first few weeks?
0: Yeah, he's he's been one of the bright spots of this this new crop of players. Um, I mean, that debut at Milton Keynes was perfect. I mean, he had the Terry Butcher uh bandage on his head. Um, he, he defended everything aside from one communication mix up with the goalie that very, very nearly ended in a, a terrible own goal. Apart from that, he had a fantastic game. And I don't really think that was his fault anyway. Uh, he looks he looks the part, really. He looks like a proper player. Um, the kind of signing that we're, we've kind of been crying out for for a long time. We need young players who are going to have resale value down the line and who can develop and become good players with us. And I think next season I'd be pretty confident with him in, in the defence that we'll be all right in that area. Certainly better than we have been anyway. And and he's, he's looked good in his first few games. Obviously, last night was not a glorious evening for anybody. But I, I wouldn't say it's you know something that we're on 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 younger really um he's looked good him and josh martin have been the two of the new new signings that have looked like they might actually be able to pull us somewhere closer to uh the safety line not the, not that I think we will but yeah he's he's looked good and i think the kind of signing that we've we've needed to make for a long time and just haven't um under the last couple of managers so it's an encouraging sign that whoever has identified him um uh, has gone out and got him from us cuz it didn't seem like you particularly overly keen to get rid of him, it was just a case of, well, the opportunities come up, so off you go to play some games, I suppose.
1: Yeah, and I think that was the case. I think a few people, Josh Hawkes obviously went to Tranmere as well, and a few people were, I wouldn't say like massively surprised, but I don't think anyone would have had any um upset if, they, if they'd hung around and been part of the squad. But I understand that young boys, 22, 23, you play games of football, and I think we've We've more or less said the same thing, but it, it's funny when you're you sort of speaking about how the fan base feels. It really reminds me of Sunderland's championship season when, if I'm honest, I got a Christmas and you're like, well, pardon my friendship, but we're fucked. Um, <laughs> like, and we're bringing in the likes of, oh God, sorry, Sunderland fans in advance, but you've got Callum McManaman and Mark Wilson and these sort of experienced pros that come in and you're crying out for, yeah, well, you're looking at the younger players, which at the time for us would have been Major and Asoro and, and, dare I say it, Donald Love. Um, and Paddy McNair, some came with us, some didn't. Some worked out, some didn't. Um, some worked out really well and left in us <laughs> promotion. Cheers, Stuart. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to the signings you've brought in, there is one name that sticks out. And I'm quite curious as to whether, as some fans would see, is he, a, is he a Mark Wilson signing? Is he like a, a Johnny Williams signing? Oh, that's probably better than Johnny Williams. Or is he has he been quite steady, which is Adam Clayton? Was he came from mm-hmm. Birmingham being at Middlesbrough? Good player back in the day. Let's be honest. He was he was lower end premiership at points, definitely a high end championship player. Is has he been decent?
0: Well, he played 45 minutes last night, and I think the obvious thing was that he was absolutely woefully unfit because he he might as well have not been there. And it was one of the reasons why I think we were so overrunning that first half last night. That's that's not on Adam Clayton. He looks like a good signing um, if we can get him up to speed, but it's going to take a while. I don't think he's really played in the last year. Um, but to sign a player who three, four years ago was playing every week in a Premier League midfield, I'm not going to complain at that. We need we need some experience. Uh, we needed someone who can break it up a bit in midfield and kind of guide the young guys around him. I think midfield's a big problem area for us. Um, it's it's full of young technical players. I'm sure we discussed that uh, in the last last discussion that we had. Um for me, he is the right kind of signing. We were going to sign John Joe O'Toole from Mansfield. Um, and he ended up staying at Mansfield, so we went for Clayton instead, which to me I'd rather have Clayton if he's gonna be able to get fit. He wasn't he's not fit yet. I was really surprised to see him in the starting lineup last night. I did uh, pick him out as the interesting one when the lineups were announced as in he's either going to be really good off the bat and that's why he's been put in or he's not going to be ready and as it turned out he weren't ready and he went off at half time <laughs> um, so I don't know if you'll see him on Saturday but he, in time I'm hoping he will be the kind of player that um, really makes a difference for us in midfield we've since we sold Ben Whiteman a year ago we've not had anybody in that you know number six position who can who can make a difference there and we've just been overrun constantly. Um, we signed John Bostock to replace Whiteman and he's not really that kind of player and he's not really that fit that often so hopefully Clayton will will get up and running, he's 33 years old now but his experience and his quality in his day is is something that we really really need, uh, even a touch of, even 50% of that um, I think will make a difference for us but I wouldn't worry about him on Saturday because I'll be surprised if he plays considering what happened last night
1: I think um, it's part of the podcast I always enjoy doing, but specifically with yourself and although it's a preview show and we're here to find out more about Donny, I think it's fair to say things are not great is the short answer and and you've articulated that very well. Um, At Sunderland, things were not great last Saturday. Um, Things have changed, like I said in the intro, wild week. And and I did listen back to the preview show we did before our game. And funnily enough, you asked me the question about Lee Johnson and I said, you know what? Skeptical, incredibly, but he's been Mm -hmm. doing really well and I hope and pray to God he keeps continuing to prove me wrong because if he does, then Sunderland should get promoted. And we we came to sort of an agreement that Sunderland looked all right. Uh, We basically spoke about it at length. Thought we probably had, or you felt we probably had enough in enough promotion rivals. However, you get Wallop 6-0 at He didn't keep up that form. He went as streaky as we feared he might've done. Um, He lost his job at the weekend. Obviously other things have happened, but from the outside looking in, I'm quite curious as to see what you thought about his Second, fair or not fair or understandable. Understandable is a good word for it. I mean, you can't... I mean, 6-0 away at
0: anybody. Anybody is not good. We've done that this season. We lost 6-0 at Ipswich when they were in relegation zone. Um, To get beat 6-0 away by Bolton, who were in the bottom half and have not really been consistent in any way, to get turned over completely by them when you're in the top three and gunning for automatic promotion is absolutely terrible. And a sign, really, of of something not quite being right, probably. Um, We all know about Lee Johnson. We know he is a a streaky manager. He he was streaky at Barnsley to good effect for a while. And he's been very streaky when he was at Bristol as well, to not so good effect. Um, It looked like things were coming together. And obviously, after that, you know, the last time we spoke, it was after the Arsenal game, wasn't it? And thought that you gave a really good account of yourselves against, obviously, a very, very good side. And, you know, you've been getting the results in the league. So I thought, you know, if, if you can just see this one through, he'll probably get you up and then see where you go from there. But I think for him to lose his job after getting absolutely thrashed by a by anybody in League One, I mean, it's probably fair, isn't it? And he, he he's the kind of manager, again, and we've discussed this before, where you get a manager in who's a good manager for this level, seemingly, who's, who's got some pedigree at this level, when a team like Sunderland need to be finding someone who's, either has or is aspiring to a higher level than this because Sunderland shouldn't be in League One. Um, it's as simple as that. So I don't know where you go next. A lot of our fans have been saying, please don't appoint Grant McCann. <laughs> um, you know, it would just be... he were at the Donny game last night. I don't know why. Um, I'm sure he enjoyed himself. But, um, you know, a manager like that, an appointment like that, for me, whilst it would galvanise you short term, I'm not sure it would get you up and I'm not sure it would be a good appointment for the Championship. So, I think you need to be looking a bit out of the box with it. I would anyway. I think your last few appointments have all been ones where you go, well, yeah, he should be able to get you up, but if he doesn't, it's not that big a surprise sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I think it's. I think that's the thing. I think Ali Maxwell on the not Top 20 pod absolutely nailed it. If anyone hasn't listened to the segment, it's floating about on Twitter and he, he absolutely nailed it. It's, it's almost like he supports and In fact, and I definitely don't think he does. Yeah. Um, but I think the remit for every Sunland fan is, especially this season, it seems automatic promotion. And if you're not on, if you're not on track for that, yeah, that what people outside are saying. Well, you're third. Yeah, but we're third with three games in hand for Wigan and Wigan are ahead of us. So it doesn't look like it's on. And if the remit's automatic promotion, it's probably the best, best chance to make. But I've got to be honest and say, I wouldn't want Grant, Grant McCann. Um, not because I don't rate him. Um, obviously he's, he's got promoted, but we did that with Parkinson. Someone will get you out of league one. Yeah. And I think, I think a club like Sunderland, you've got a good grip on this as well. To be fair, because obviously you live in the northeast. Um club like Sunderland, any club in the northeast needs someone who a gets the area, b galvanizes it, um, and grabs it by the scruff of the neck. And and the proofs in the pudding there when you look at who's who's done that in the past. There's very few managers with that attitude and with that character that can't do it. Which is probably why Sam Allardyce was so great. Brilliant character, massive shoulders, um, and a good coach and and someone who was just ahead of his time, I think, with the sports science. And that's why it worked out so well. But England had different ideas. But one person who really gets the area, one person who genuinely brought me to tears this weekend, um, thanks to Jermaine, as we currently speak, we don't have a manager, but we know we do have Jermaine Defoe in the squad. Um, I've got to be honest and say, when you look at the Sunderland Twitter and everything that's gone on and how much of a lift Jermaine Defoe is and what it means to Sunderland as a football club, as a Doncaster fan or anyone playing us on Saturday, I wouldn't fancy it. Are you a little bit concerned about the Defoe effect?
0: I'm, I'm probably going to put money on Well, I'm not going to actually, but I've put money on him scoring. I mean, at least one. I mean, I, yeah, I've made jokes this week saying, well, he's, he's in for his hat trick on his re-debut. Like, Jermaine Defoe is better than most strikers Donny Rovers will have come up against in in, in league ever. <laughs> he's a fantastic player. We all know that. He, he Obviously, he's got a great connection with Sunderland. I think it's akin to if if we've signed Billy Sharp back now. I think it's akin to that. Yeah. Um, that, that is that is a big boost for you, a big lift. I'm expecting this weekend, you know, you're, I, I will be there. It's, it's, only my, it's actually my first away game in nearly two years, but obviously it's my local game. So um, I will be there and I expect all the Sunderland fans to be in great mood. You know, Lee Johnson's gone, which I'm sure many were, were fair enough with. Um, Jermaine Defoe coming back probably tempers the feeling about the 6-0 as well last week. Um, and it's it's a great game for him to re-debut him because he will have an absolute field day against our defence. That, that that can be guaranteed. Um, I must say, seeing him come in on deadline day was something that made me think, oh, shit. <laughs> so um, it, it's it's a good move for you guys. It, it could it could be the kind of signing that pushes you over the edge a little bit. I know you've got a bit of a gap now to, to breach to top two, but it's certainly one that can be there. And if you end up in the playoffs again, I know dread the thought, but you'd bank on him. Getting a goal that means something in that playoff final, wouldn't you? If you got there. So great signing. Very fearful for the weekend uh with him. Not that I th- think we're gonna get anything anyway, but um seeing Jermaine Defoe run around our uh, our hapless back four is, is gonna be a, a long, long, long afternoon, I think.
1: <laughs> I hope so for you anyway. Um no offense. But um <laughs> i seen a lot of stuff. I was very vigorously. Anyone who's been on my Twitter, I was vigorously Jermaine Defoe for about four weeks to the point where I almost yeah. proclaimed him as a god. Um, for me, <laughs> seeing him, and you touched on the playoffs before, if we end up there, in you know, just any game where we need to win. No offence to Aidan O'Brien. I'm not digging it out. Very, very honest pro. Um, Wish him a lot of luck at Portsmouth. Not too much, but a little bit. Um, <laughs> Many because it's Portsmouth, not because it's Aidan O'Brien. But number 10 comes on Aidan O'Brien, the defensive forward in my eyes, or Jermaine Defoe, number 10 you're going to bank on Jermaine Defoe every single time. But there's been a few people outside that have gone, oh, he's 39, oh, I can't believe Sunderland fans are getting excited about it. Mainly people who have not seen the absolute horrendousness of League One, if I'm honest with you. No offence to every club, but it is a bad division. There's a lot of poor quality. From the outside looking in, can you understand anyone's trepidation about Sunderland signing Jermaine Defoe? Do you think it's just a total no-brainer like I did?
0: I think it's a no-brainer, and I think what you've just described is the exact conversation I had on on Monday with a friend of mine who's a Newcastle season ticket holder. He said, "Well, he's you know he's nearly forty and he's he's watched." And I said, "You don't watch League One every week, you don't you don't quite." I mean, and he will be there, sat next to me at the game at the weekend. I'm dragging him along to it, but um, he will see what League One really is all about, um, because Jermaine Defoe is the sort of player that should never ever play at this level, even if he's fifty. I think he'd probably score a few at This level seriously, I mean, I said that I said about, I'd
1: trust him to score goals at 43 44. I trust Kevin Phillips at this yeah. level, to be honest. And he's 40, yeah.
0: Well, I, well, absolutely, because that kind of player is just a, a level of quality that you just don't legislate for. Um, our defenders, I don't want to single them out, but guys like Joseph Alowu and Brandon Horton, if he plays because he was hooked at the break last night, they have never played against a player like Jermaine Defoe, even if you know. I mean, to be fair now, because they weren't even here last year when we played West Ham uh, in FA Cup and got got battered there as well, um, it's those rare occasions in cup games that are like, you know, special occasions where players of this level might come up against a Jermaine Defoe and not really expecting to get anything anyway. In a bog-standard League One game, whether it's against Donny, Rotherham, Wigan, Portsmouth, anybody, Jermaine Defoe can get a goal. I mean, he is going to be able to find one minute at least where he can get around these defenders in League One and... Uh, it is an absolute no brainer for a player of his quality to come back here, you know, to Sunderland. Is a brilliant signing. I don't know how much you're paying him, I'm not supposed it matters. Um, he's got such a a great history with the club. Um, he's just had such a great playing career. I can't really talk him up enough. I don't need to. Everyone listening to this who will know who he is and know what he means to Sunderland and how good he's been over his career. Um, but when you play in Doncaster and Burton and Wickham and Accrington and Cheltenham, sorry, Tom, for putting Wickham in that bracket, but when you're playing against those sort of sides, um, Jermaine Defoe it is a no-brainer, isn't he? I mean, he's, he's, he's very capable. I don't think he'll score 20 goals between now and May, but if he scores between seven and eight and ten and one of them's in, at Wembley or gets you automatic promotion on final day or whatever, I mean, well, I mean happy days. <laughs>
1: Perfect, perfect movie ending isn't it I think you said it in the interview it was like a movie but um, yeah. I have a feeling he'll start from the bench on Saturday I mean obviously I live up in, in Glasgow and I know he hasn't played a great deal of football for Rangers since the back end of last season but still sharp his attack when he was on the pitch still getting in the right positions in the 5-10 minutes he was getting on and um, everyone who supports Rangers and people know that I go to Rangers games speaks incredibly highly of Jermaine Defoe um, he's very well liked and there's a reason for that but I think they'll start on the bench, but predictions as always, is our final question. Um, you were actually quite close. You said 3-1 last time, but you did say an optimistic 3-1 because you said, I think yeah. we might score. Um, it didn't <laughs> happen. It was a nice performance, shall we say, from us, and everything was running quite smoothly then. And We went on to whack Sheffield in, uh, Wednesday 5-0. I'm never massively optimistic. I'm a very optimistic person in life. I'm a very pessimistic person when it comes to something because of history and and what I've experienced, but We've done a few teams 5-0 and I feel really bad saying this, but the I know what something can be like when it's a juggernaut when things are behind it and it feels like a juggernaut this week with all the hilarity of we Philly and people running down to the academy like. I mean, that was if anyone's listening from SAFC, SAFC fan TV, you've made my podcast pointless because you have done far superior investigative journalism than I can ever do. And I'm meant to be paid for it in my in my Monday to Friday. But um, I do feel a big win. I really do. I think. You know, I think with, with or without Jermaine Defoe, we should be looking to win this game. Doncaster, as you said, are in dire straits, if we're completely honest. And we can't take mercy on teams like that if we want to get promoted. So I think, you know, maybe a 3-0 without Jermaine Defoe. But it's, I think it's written in the stars that he comes on and scores at least one or two. So sorry, Adam, I'm going to go 5-0 Sunderland and go like really madly optimistic. And um, where are you going for it? <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I was thinking about this this morning because I know we always we always end on the, the old score prediction. I I hope anyone that's listened to me being on this podcast over the last few years knows I am genuine, genuinely and generally quite optimistic. Um, I, I try and look on the bright side. I, I don't generally go to games thinking, yeah, we're going to get battered today. All that being said, Lee Johnson sacked, Jermaine Defoe back. We've just been absolutely trounced by our local rivals at home. Uh, we're bottom of the league, you're third, um, I think really there's probably a division and a half of golfing class between the two sides, and Jermaine Defoe will come on and score at the weekend, and I will. And I, this is a serious prediction. I'm going to say seven nil to Sunderland. Fucking hell! i am now going to put the explicit I mean that. on it, haven't I? <laughs> <That> <laughs> and I good. really do mean that, and I, I don't want to say that. I'm not, you know, I'm not being light on on Donny. I really am worried. I will drive to the game this weekend thinking, well, let's just hope we try. Let's just hope this try hard and, and know, they know they're going to get beat. Sadly, the players know that they're going to get beat as well. I hope they don't come out and say that and think that, but I think they do know that deep down that they're going to get turned over, unfortunately. So you'll get your goal difference back up after last weekend.
1: I'm going to say, I wonder if the teams ever lost 6-0 and won 7-0 a week later. Right in. It's a good question. If anyone knows the team that has done that, let us know and then hopefully <laughs> we do do that if we don't, obviously. Um, Thanks as always, Adam. Before I go, um, people know I'm not that bothered about subscribers i do this for fun and if people like it that's incredibly humbling but um just allow me to be soppy for a moment um obviously reached a thousand subscribers after almost two years of doing this on on youtube yesterday um and it's massively appreciated it's really nice to see that people think me waffling shite and the guests that are with us obviously not adam but other guests waffling shite is something that's worth subscribing (laughs) to so thanks very much for doing that i really appreciate it um it's really nice to to just have other Sunderland fans say that they enjoy what I do because ultimately I'm just a Sunderland fan like the rest of us. Um, no better, probably considerably worse, but on a serious note, um, thank you very much for doing that and enjoy the game on Saturday. Get behind the lads, I'm sure you will. It's bound to be a great occasion. I'm very excited for it um, and yeah, let's hope we win.